Because Rick is taking some time off for parental leave, we recorded a special episode this week. Rick is about to do a week-long retreat to try to finish a major project before becoming a dad. We're going to spend this episode discussing how he can get the most out of the retreat. Fair warning, this episode is much more in the weeds than normal. If you're interested in hearing how we workshop his specific project, I think you'll like this one. If you're more interested in the high-level startup topics, you might want to skip this week. All right, let's go. Welcome to Startup to Last, a podcast about building profitable software businesses that are meant to last. Hi, I'm Tyler. I run a bootstrap SaaS company called Less Annoying CRM. I'm Rick. I run a software-enabled services company called Leg Up Health. All right, Rick, special episode about your retreat. Where do you want to start? Well, I'd like to start first with the uh, just admission that I, I think every time you came out to Utah, I thought that you were doing planning for some reason. It was in my head that you were, it was a planning retreat, not an mm-hmm. execution retreat. And what really clicked for me recently was when you shared all the work you were getting done during your little retreat around lessening business and the newsletter you built, how you were focused on execution uh, and getting stuff done during that retreat. And I realized, wow, I've got something I need to get done before I go on paternity, um, which is, uh, you know, the baby could come any day, but it's <laughs> the, the current due date is March 22nd. And so I was thinking maybe I could get you to sit down with me and help me workshop a execution retreat. I've never done mm-hmm. one of these, uh, not intentionally at least. And um, I'm hoping that maybe you could help me hit my, you know, goal with this project for Lego Benefits um, before I go on paternity. And then, um, you know, I'm happy to share, maybe, maybe this would be interesting for someone else who might be have a project that they need to dedicate uh, a week to, but need to make the time to make that happen. Yeah, that sounds great. I'm excited to talk about this. And to your point about execution versus planning, I mean, I think I've done both and probably a lot of them have been planning. So maybe we'll talk about that today, but they're different things, but I think both both can be compatible with the retreat. And ha- do you find one, I mean, I guess for this is a big deal for me because I always thought of it as planning. So when I was, yeah. when I thought about this, it's like, Oh, I'm going to plan to plan. Um, have you, how often does planning come up for these and what, what, how do you, how do you sort of decide which one you need to do? And yeah, I think it's, it's mostly just based on what you need at the time. And so, okay, let's, let's try to go like frameworky here. Like what's the framework for why do, right. Why do retreats even exist? And, and just to be clear, when we say retreat, you're not going anywhere. I didn't go anywhere last week when I did my retreat. But it's basically like taking a vacation from normal work life, getting rid of the normal distractions and stuff like that. So you have you can really just pour yourself into your work. Um, and to me, the reason for that is there's certain types of things that require long, interrupted stretches of time. If you're squeezing it in between meetings and all that type of stuff, it's just very hard to to do that. And for me, the two big things is execution that requires deep work. Not all execution does, but some does. And then planning, because like with planning, you need time. You, you need to feel comfortable wasting time, I think. You need to feel comfortable like, I'm just going to daydream for a day and see where it, it takes me. And during a normal work day, you feel very guilty about that. And so the, the so two very different things. With execution, it's deep work. With planning, it's giving yourself time to just explore. So at the retreat level, it's sort of like, what are the, I have a retreat because there's there's something I need to do, whether it's execution of deep work or you know, planning of some sort that requires uninterrupted focus throughout at least a full day, but probably more likely multiple days in a row. Yeah. That, cool. that for me, I mean, uh, other yeah. people might be different. I like, I like that framework for thinking about it. Um, right now, I do not have a planning need. I have an execution need. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cool. So did you already ask another question that I forgot or where, where should we go from here? So how do you prepare for execution retreats? And if you want to talk a little bit about how that might be different than a planning retreat, that'd be interesting. Um, yeah, I guess start from zero on that. Okay. So we talked two or three weeks ago about, uh, how I forget how it was framed, but like decision-making versus execution, something like that. And how like, Decision making is very fatiguing and you want to bundle decisions together. And then like when you're executing, you don't want to be context switching and make decisions. So with that in mind, I would say for an execution retreat, 
the prep you want to do is make as many decisions as you can so that you can hit the ground running. I ironically, I just did an execution retreat and did none of this. But the reason is because I thought I was doing a planning retreat. Like my plan for my last one was I have this list of 50 marketing projects. What I'm going to do first is figure out, I'm going to look through them all. I'm going to do a little research on them and check out viability and who else is doing this. And I was going to try to like put a marketing roadmap together. And then coincidentally, at the very beginning of the retreat, partially because of talking to you and partially because of talking to other people, I decided, fuck it, I'm just going to, I'm going to go execution mode and do this project. So I didn't do any prep beforehand, but I should have, I should have said, I should have made all the decisions. What's the name of my new website going to be? What is the goal? What's the first course going to be, right? So that I could just go into the retreat and say, all right, I know everything I need to do. Time to go do it. But it worked out for you. It did. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. But I, think I, I guess my my point is do the things that you can do without deep work. In other words, make as many decisions as you can before you go. If you want to get, if you want to have an execution retreat, make as many decisions as possible before mm-hmm. you start the retreat so you can do execution. Yes. If you're, try, if you're doing a planning retreat, it's different. You're, you're, the goal of the retreat is probably to make some decisions. Yeah. But okay. So let's go back to high level here. Why is that true? I think it's if the retreat goes well, one hour of retreat time is more valuable than one hour of normal time. It's maybe two or three times as valuable because you get in the zone and this and that. So you basically want to say any work that doesn't have to be done, any work that I can do during normal time costs one hour, whereas any work I could do during the retreat costs a multiple of that. So I'd rather do it before the retreat. Yeah, it's interesting. So it's it's less about maybe focusing on just planning or just execution. It's what are the things that I absolutely need the retreat time for, mm-hmm. and what are the things that I don't. Let's make let's maximize the use of the retreat time for the things I need it for. Yeah, I think that's right. I don't, I don't want to give the impression I'm like really that deliberate about it. I mean, I'm kind of just like I'm going to fly to Utah and do work, but. I, you if I'm thinking a, you, about how should it, I do it. But the reality is you've done this enough where you probably mm-hmm. have some habits and you just like without thinking about it or doing things to maximize your productivity. And I think it's worth it's this is helpful pulling it out because I'm already like going, yeah. okay, that's good. Um yeah. what's your routine, you know, from let's say I let's say that um what what day do you start your retreat? How many did you take a day off before you go on the retreat? How do you ease into it and then how do you what's your day to day and then how do you come out of it? Yeah. My, this last one, again, I didn't do it quite right. I did a, I did a Monday through Friday, but I actually started on Saturday or on Saturday, the Saturday before. Um, but I think normally, like when I fly out to Utah, it does take a little bit of ease in. I try to get to Utah at night or like afternoon, kind of the day's shot anyway. I'm not going to get a ton of work done. So I spend the time getting my setup going. And I normally see you that first day because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not wasting time. I, I wouldn't be in the zone right now anyway. So I try to see you kind of at the beginning and then once in the middle because I need a break. So that's part of my schedule is like, I want a break in the middle if it's a 10, normally I would do something like a 10 day retreat. But uh, I think you want to remove every distraction you can the rest of the time. So like this last one I did where I stayed at home, I slept in a different bedroom from Shelly. I didn't eat with her. I mean, I if we were both eating at the same time, maybe I did, but like I, she knew to like not just live her life. I was going to live my life and probably weren't going to line up at all. Because to your question, what's the schedule? My work style in these retreats is there is no schedule. I just want to be able to freeform it as much as possible. Yep. Do you think that works with you? Like you're, you're probably a more st- scheduled person than I am. It's it, For me, this is not going to be as freeforming as it is for you. I think what it's going to do for me, it's more about saying no to everything else and creating focus around this. And then, yeah, working when I want to work. But and having a little bit less structure, but still probably going to bed, having similar yeah. evening and morning routines are probably important to me. The most, Im- the, the biggest part of the retreat for me is not having a bedtime. Really? Like by the, by the end of it, uh, the, my last night I went to bed at 5.30 a.m. And the reason is because I had a meeting at 10. I would have stayed up later. I was still in the zone. See, that's the thing. I, I think, I think that, when I was really cranking on like up health last year, I got into those moments and I had some really late nights. And I think that's probably what like this leg up benefits project is going to take is a couple of those. So yeah, I guess the exception would be if you're in the flow, not having, not feeling like you have to wake up for something in the morning. Yeah. feel like knowing that you can sleep in and you can, you can sort of ride the, ride the flow waves. 
I mean, yeah, just to show how disruptive it can be to have something like to disrupt that. So I, ch- I canceled every meeting I could, but uh, I'm doing this design fellowship thing where I'm teaching people UI UX design. We do Monday, Wednesday, Friday morning. We have an hour and a half. I canceled the Wednesday one to give myself a little extra time, but I was like, this is only a three month program. I don't want to cancel like a whole week of classes. So I did Monday and Friday. I think I lost a half day of productivity because of the Friday one, because I went to sleep when I shouldn't have. I was still in that adrenaline mode. Like I was riding high and you can't fall asleep like that, you know? So I laid in bed for two hours and then I woke up and I only had two, an hour or two before that meeting. And so I wasted that hour or two and then the time of the meeting. And then I wasn't actually well rested. So the rest of the day was shot. I mean, it, that, that hour and a half just totally fucked up my day. Yeah, I totally get it. And that's normal. I mean, that's that that one hour and a half is what happens every day in your normal life, which is why right. the retreat's valuable in the first place. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so pretty much there is no routine other than like w- try to get into flow. Once you're in flow, stay in it as long as possible. When you're tired, take a break um, and then try to get as much done as possible in the time that you've allotted. Yeah, but I think recovery is key. Like, it, it it's like running, right? If you're, if you're going to sprint, like how much time are you allocating? If it's a one day thing, just do, do the whole day, right? If it's a 10 day thing, you can't sprint for 10 days. So I think the a trap I have fallen into before is if I have, let's say my first day doesn't go well, I'm like feeling pressure. I'm like, I flew out to Salt Lake city for this. Like I had a bad first day. I can't take the second day. I can't take a break because I need to get in the zone. And, th- and that's like, a bad loop. Like we all know that kind of stress feeds on stress. So I do think give yourself permission to maybe not a full day, but take a half day and be like, you know what? I'm not feeling it right now. I'm going to go watch TV or go outside or whatever. Yeah. I like that. Okay, cool. So have some, some give, be patient with yourself. Basically give your tight self space to get in to work mode. Yeah. Hopefully what you're working on doesn't feel like a grind. And you, you don't have to worry about, am I going to get in the zone here? So yeah, hopefully it's something that you're looking forward to working on and that kind of pulls you in versus something you have to force yourself into. Yeah, I think so. Um, what, uh, uh, do you, how available are you via email? Do you like check email still? Do you turn email off? I mean, are you uh, like, I'm, I'm trying to get an idea of like how many of the recurring things do you try to keep, stay on top of while you're out or do you just let it all pile up? Yeah, I think it's the same logic as before, which is an hour of time during the retreat is much more valuable than an, if I can move something to a different to an hour some other week, I, I do it. If I can do it in advance, so like you have ricklinquist.com newsletter, I would definitely pre-write that week's so you're not bothered by it. There are some things you can't do that with, like something comes up, you couldn't have expected it and it needs an immediate response. So I still check email, but I basically say if this, if a response next week is not much worse than a response this week, I'm just going to snooze it for next week. If I need to respond, I'll do it, but I'm going to kind of do it on my own. I'm going to wait for a stopping point. I'm not going to like, I didn't have my email open all day, for example. I know, I get it. That's perfect. Okay. Good. That's helpful. Um, what, uh, all right. Do, do you have any other insights before we maybe workshop the my, my leg up benefits retreat? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'll, I'll be interested. I know you've kind of done this before, but I feel like you're still finding your what fits for you. I'll be interested to hear like you and I are different people and I'm sure a lot of stuff that I do, you'll find a different approach. So I don't have any insights, but I'm I'm curious to hear what, what you find like is different. Mm-hmm. What works for me. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess shifting into the, to the workshop context for, for people who are listening. Uh, so I have a, a business to, I have a, a company called Leg Up Ventures, which owns and operates two subsidiary companies. One is called Leg Up Health, and one is called Leg Up Benefits. Technically, Leg Up Benefits isn't a company; it's a venture um, with a brand. But so there isn't like an LLC or Inc. out there. But hypothetically, there could be. Leg Up Health is its own LLC. Um, I guess to simplify this, Leg Up Health I built originally to focus on consumers, and what ended up happening was, um, and, and what we do is we we help uh, Utahns. Uh, basically find, use, and manage their own health insurance. Um, it's a direct-to-consumer service. Um, we are we become the agent on people's health insurance and basically serve them throughout the year. The um, interesting thing that happened towards the end of last year is that a couple of my leg-up health clients 
were business owners and they said, Hey, I've got 10. They each said, I have 10 employees. Um, can you do this for my employees? And so pretty much at the last minute, right before open enrollment last year, which is our busy time, I said, sure. And I cobbled together uh, a, a, what I would call it MSP, minimal, minimum sellable product, which is basically a spreadsheet for the, you know, a spreadsheet for the employee roster, um, a company uh, manual, like to explain like who's doing what um, in a work in a Google Doc, and then some sales material that I used to help them understand what the value proposition was. Um, and basically, what I offered was a manual um, stipend program, and I called it Leg Up Benefits. Basically, you would uh, each of these companies offered their employees um, a stipend of anywhere from zero dollars uh, to one one person's getting a thousand dollars a month. Um, and, uh, along with like a health insurance concierge service. And so this is a separate service, um, offered to a business. Um, and each of these companies pays a 15, a $50 base fee, uh, per month. Uh, so company platform fee, and, uh, they each also pay, um, $20 per, uh, employee that they add to the system for the health insurance concierge system. Leg up benefits, health insurance concierge service um, helps them with any, regardless of their situation. So think of uh, you might have 10 employees, two people might be on a health insurance um, plan with their spouse um, through another company. Another might not have health insurance. Another might be on Medicaid. Another might be on Medicare. Um, so from a leg up benefits standpoint, we're being paid by the employer to help them no matter what their situation is. Now, naturally, some percentage of those employees in this case, because the company's offering leg up benefits and not a group plan, need help buying their own individual health insurance plan. And that's where it's a quick referral over to leg up health, a lead for leg up health. And then we can make money both on the um, SaaS or the software enabled service on leg up benefits and on the um, agency business that we have at leg up health. So anyway, I've been, I've had this product out in the market for, in a very uh, raw format for, I don't know, six months, um, really five months. Um, and it's going well. Uh, I basically have each customer with a Google spreadsheet that has their roster on it. I have them updated each month. I build them manually through Stripe. Um, I reach out to their employees and just check in every month. And then some percentage of the employees have become also become leg up health clients. So um, my goal before I went on paternity leave and as part of my current six-week sprint, because I've been operating in six-week sprints um, for the, or jogs, as Tyler likes to say, um, this year, my last project for the sprint is leg up benefits, like basically like turn leg up benefits into a real offering, um, which I've broken down into a couple of components. One is sort of doing a quick and dirty positioning work to sort of say, what is leg up benefits? What like category is it in? How how do you th- like how can I tell you what leg up benefits is without going without drooling on for an hour? Um, and then you know writing out the value proposition that sort of thing. Then turning that into a uh, marketing website. It's a, it, I'm ninety nine percent sure it's certain it's going to be a Webflow site. Um, and then you know just building out a, a SaaS home you know web site for that with a home page, a pricing page, an about page, and a how it works page. Um, and then uh, building out the app, um, which uh, I still need to decide on the stack I want to use. And maybe that's something I can do ahead of time um, mm-hmm. to your point earlier. Do the planning. Yeah. Yep. And then, um, but the app choice, because it's a, I'm limited on coding. Um, so because I'm choosing probably a low code slash no code stack, I have to like kind of balance the features I want with the capabilities of the stack. So it's a little bit more complicated decision than what it is, but I have a, some requirements I've thought about for V1 of the application um, for that I'd like to get out. So kind of recapping here, it's basically figure out how to talk about Lego benefits, put that make that available publicly on a website um, that's hosted by Webflow, decide how to build the application um, and then build the application um, and then finally uh, transition the two customers over to the application. That's ambitious. <laughs> yeah. Is it too much? No, I think, th- I mean, we'll see. I'm curious to see. I, I think if you're on, like, I had a really, really good retreat, my last one. If you have that, I think you finish it. And if you have an average one, I bet you don't. And so I would kind of go into it like, it's fine if you don't. 
I was I was thinking that I was like, if I just got the positioning and the marketing site done with a request access page as opposed to a sign up page, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, normally the the things with unknowns are where you run into problems. So like, you know how to do positioning and marketing. You've built. You're very very comfortable with Webflow. You're not going to hit a problem with that. Where you might hit a problem is it's time for the app. Do you use some new technology in your stack that you haven't used before? And that's where you waste two days. Uh, I shouldn't say waste, but two days you didn't plan for get spent. So mm-hmm. yeah, that sounds like a good plan. Um, do you, I mean, am I missing anything that you would be thinking about on a retreat like this, um, you know, at a macro level? No, I think that's good. I, um, I'm a little curious, like, how much of this needs to be validated and how much of this do you have conviction about where it's just like, I need to go do it. Um, I am very, I have high, I'm high conviction on this. Um, on all of it, the whole thing, the whole thing, like um, what the app needs to do and all that. Yes. The, the, there are, there are two, two areas where I have low conviction. It's within the app. It's like, what stack do I need to use and how important is the employee login? I have low conviction around that, but I think it's important. So, mm-hmm. um, but for V1, I don't know that it is. So that's those are the areas where I'm a little bit not sure. But as far as like, I already have customers paying for this. I already have more people who, if they understood what I was doing here, that would sign up for it. But I have an explanation problem and I have a sort of a, it's kind of like a, what I need something to offer, like tell them to yeah. go sign up for kind of thing. Well, and we talked in our last episode, well, we just recorded an episode. I don't know what order we'll release these in, but we just talked about how like, this is an important part of what you want the company to be, almost like regardless of how viable it is. Like, obviously, if it's totally non-viable, you wouldn't do it. But like, this doesn't need to be the most important thing for you to do right now, for you to still want to do it. So, like, that's important because, like, just if someone's listening to this, I might, for a different person in a different situation, push back and be like, "You're really going." like diving into the deep end of the pool Let's without validation. Yeah, yeah. So the thing like that's not on this list is, is validation, right? Like validate mm-hmm. the idea. And that's, there's two reasons that I feel like I've done that. Um, one is I have paying customers around a, a piece of crap vaporware, basically <laughs> um, that is that they're happy with like, and they're, yeah. they're, they're not like, Oh, that's okay. They're like, man, thank you so much. Like, this is great. Um, I have customer other employers who have been interested in this and who I've just basically am trying not to tell them about it because I don't have the ability to serve them. So I have, I have demand validated. The other big piece of this that's probably more important is I have domain expertise here. And the, 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 the space that I've been in my whole career tells me that the timing is right for, for this. I might not get all the features right off the gate, but if I, I have high confidence based on my experience and uh, domain expertise that some version of what I am foreseeing um, will lead to like some number of signups pretty quickly, like not quickly, but in 2021, just from completing this work that I'm talking about during this retreat. I guess the thing that, um, again, I I support this because it's part of your vision. So who cares if this is the optimal path? But the thing that I don't, it doesn't sound like you validated is, do you need the software to sell the service. Like the thing your current customers are happy with is the service and the I thing you're that. working on is software. I don't need that. I want that. So yeah. the, what I really, so if I were going to try to, if you were pushing on me to say, Hey, this is too much scope, cut scope. I would just go build. I wouldn't worry about the app at all. I just go build the positioning and the marketing website and I could go sell this yeah. now, but that would create a problem for me. Um, and that would be that I already have a very unscalable version of two, two of this. And I actually don't, you don't want to sell that. I don't want to sell that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. No, I, I like it. And I'm, I'm not like trying to like beat around the bush and I actually disagree with you, but I'm saying like, I, I think what you're doing is right, but that's in many, if some stranger came up and said this to me, I'd be like, why, like, why are you building this tech? You yeah. Know? If I went, if I were trying to raise money on this, the guy would look at me and go, come back to me when you have customers. Like, I'm right. not going to give you money exactly. to, to, to build this. This is, I have high confidence on this. Um, cool. And I think it's reasonable confidence, uh, but you know, I'm prepared. I'm okay with being wrong on this and wasting a bunch of time on it. Yeah, it's a week. Yeah, well, it's actually that's <laughs> yeah, it's true. So it's just a week. Yeah. Um, okay, but, great. But uh, I guess um, maybe did you have a, a direction you wanted to take this? Um, if, if you if you have, 
I have something you want to start with. Let's go yeah, for it. Yeah, so I think um, probably the hardest thing to decide on this is going to be the app stack. Yeah. Um, and it's probably going to be interesting to a lot of people to, to sort of understand the options out there. Um, and so maybe we can talk a little bit about that. Um, I There is one particular feature that I am worried about as it relates to the stack. And so maybe we can talk about that as well. Um, and then... Uh, why don't we just see where that takes us and then we can pick uh, decide where to go next. Sure, yeah. So maybe can you just start by saying what what you think... I'm interested in two things. What is the functionality you want now, like at the end of this week? And then secondly, what is the functionality you think you'd be happy with for a few years maybe? Yeah, so uh, the big the big fundamental difference between what I'd be happy with in a week versus a year or two is the ability to, to set up team based like billing, the ability for like to have like multiple users associated with a team and have billing, uh, get automatically a subscription be automatically managed based on that. So mm-hmm. take, for example, uh, company ABC has 10 employees building a, a dashboard, and a login for one user at company ABC to manage the program is one thing. Building a platform that has that user as an admin allows multiple admins to be assigned and also each employee to have a user and then billing to calculate based on that, whole nother thing. Yeah. And I, that's a, that is probably where a lot of the low-code and no-code tools become um, more of a Band-Aid solution uh, than working out of the box. Okay, so at the end of the week, we we haven't really gotten into exactly what do you want at the end of this week, but the thing you won't have at the end of the week is you want to automatically have this admin portal that acknowledges there are all these individual user accounts and bills everybody accordingly. Because honestly, you could you could manually do that forever. Like I just recently canceled join join me from log me in. They still do this. Like you email them and you're like, I want to change my number of licenses. You you could get away with that as long as you want to. Yes, yes, um, and that's probably that's the, the the minimal version. But what I'd like to do, part of the reason I want to go explore the app stack is to your point. Like, well, I'd really like to know that you know, even if I don't get it to it this week, I can I can give each of those employees the ability to log in too. Right incorporate billing into that, that kind of thing. I mean, one of the things that's so such a dangerous trap with this type of project is because at the same time, you want to continue getting to be a better coder, right? Mm-hmm. And like you could turn this into an infinitely big project and be like, well, if you want to get better at coding and you think long term, you're going to need, why don't you just build this with like JavaScript and Firebase and forget the no code tools? Uh, I'm not saying that, but balancing what do you what can you get done in a week and what are the actual skills you want to build is going to be tough. I, I agree. So maybe we can talk about some of the options I'm looking at. And yeah. um, I know you're probably going to be, you're, you're more into this than you were, uh, <laughs> you know, thanks to your retreat and our yeah. pair programming session, but maybe we can, I'll, I'll just give it, I'll walk through a couple of options and we can talk about the pros and cons. So the one I'm familiar with is the Webflow member stack Airtable um, option. Um, the, what I like about sticking with this stack um, is what it's what I use for leg up health. Um, it's what I'm familiar with. Um, a couple of cons. The uh, con is it's expensive, man. Like member stack is through 250 bucks per year. It's probably even more now um, since I last signed up. Uh, Webflow is expensive uh, to have its own app account. Airtable is expensive. So we're you're looking at um, a couple hundred bucks a month. Uh, How much of that is variable though? Because like like Webflow is expensive, but it never gets more expensive. It's it's startup costs only. So okay. it's purely like it's just like expensive to get started. That's what I would say. Yeah, I wouldn't personally care about that. Yeah, I'm just yeah. Okay, fair yeah, enough. It's, it's a thing to say. It's a thing to say, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. so is that important? Am I price sensitive? No. Are you price sensitive? No. But I mean, that's a big expense. Adalo is one platform. I could actually build it out and not have to pay anything until I launched it. Um, that it, and I never know if it's a Dalo or Dalo. But basically, be a dollar. Um, yeah, the cool thing with Adalo is that everything's in one place. Um, the downside with Adalo is there are some uh, concerns that I have around uh, quality and performance of speed of the app. Um, and then you're limited primarily to apps. Um, it would be an app on your phone. I don't have a problem with that, like it being an app-based tool. But there would be no like browser-based version. I, I have a problem with that. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. And that, 
that's so that's another problem. Um, Glide is sort of like a Dalo, less less um, all in one place, and a little bit less sophisticated with some of the user authentication stuff. But um, but the ability, but a much uh, better desktop solution. Although it's not still a really good browser solution, like it's it's a it's kind of a hacked browser solution. Um, there's a new kit on the block um, that that is um, a backend as a service, and I believe you pronounce it Xano X A N O. And this is the first um, really uh, really no code what I would call backend service. Um, and this is probably would replace Airtable in the stack, and you'd go Xano member stack Webflow or Xano some other authorization tool um, uh, Webflow. Firebase uh, is another one kind of like that, by the way. Interesting. I don't, I don't know if they're would, on your radar, but would would you put Firebase in the Xano category? Well, it's not pitched as being a no code or low code thing, but it's it's a hosted database where it's it's a Google, part of Google Cloud. They host a database for you, and you access it through JavaScript in the client. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't know how Xano is different, but they sound like they're probably similar. Okay. Um, yeah. So. I don't know enough about them. This this is where it gets a little nerve wracking because like I I'm I have a limited amount of time to make a decision on this, and if I can't figure it out, then I'd rather just go with what I know. Um, yeah. Stacker is another option. Uh, I, it feels a little bit less more of a temporary solution than a long term solution. Um, Outseta is another one that I looked at, but it seems like it doesn't really isn't really built for team. Uh, it's more member based billing. Um, and then have you have you heard of Outseta by the way? That's I mentioned no. them earlier. They're the company that wrote that um, article uh, on a previous episode I mentioned about Tiny Seed and NDVC. But they're okay, kind of yeah. trying to be like the all-in-one HubSpot for no code for low coders, no coders. They build, give you authentication, help desk, software, CRM, and billing um, around your membership site or SaaS subscription. They're going to be something I look into. Uh, and then I would guess others that you mentioned, you mentioned Firebase as one. Um, are there any other platforms that you would think about for this type of decision? I'm, I'm sure there are, I, I might even start, like I might, I might first make a different decision, which is what's the model? Like what's the architecture going to be? And then what are the tools within like, cause you can eliminate some of these tools cause they don't fit that architecture. So here's the architecture. I don't really know how to build and that is teams. So can you talk to me about like how a table might be set up for a company that has like an owner of the account and then add mm-hmm. like admin privileges that may also be an employee, but that wants to add employees that log in. Yeah. I mean, Let's just talk how a database would work. I don't know how this fits into no code. No, yet, da- that's but, perfect. Databases yeah. are, that is that works across low code, okay. no code uh, coding. So normally you would use two tables for this because this is a one to many relationship. You have one. We call it user company. The reason being we're a CRM, so accounts means a different thing. But you might you might call it an account um, or customer record, whatever. Mm-hmm. We call it user company. That is where the billing happens, like the billing information stored with that. If you need to know their address, like where do we send invoices, anything like that, that's at the account level, the user company level. And, and there's then a user we, associated with that. There's multiple. So it's one to many. There's one account with multiple users. So in the user company table, we have a field called primary user ID. That's the owner of the account. So then we've got all these other users and there's some accounts are just one user, some are a lot. Uh, on the user table, you have a, a field called like is admin or something like that. So you can make any user an admin. One of the users is the owner. So the owner is defined in the user company table. Um, the Are they an admin is designed defined at the user level. So you might have one company with 20 users, four of whom are admins, one of whom's the owner, something like that. Yeah, and I, and what I'm thinking about when you're saying all this is this is a perfect use case for Airtable, just to set it up as an Airtable, and then figure. out... I think that where it gets tricky with Member Stack is you're really going to have to use lean on that like Airtable scripting solution to push this data into Member Stack in a way that's a little less traditional on the way that they intend the software to be used. Yeah, because I get the impression with 
So with your, I, I recently signed up for your kind of free service and put my health insurance in and stuff. Who's doing what? So there's like a sign up form. Who's, I assume that's, that's hosted by member stack. All the forms and websites that you hit are hosted by Webflow with one exception. And that's the profile modal. Um, okay. So uh, then, but, but when you basically, when you submit a form, member stack is using their front end API to run JavaScript, to send dat- data and, val- and, and and update things based on whether you're authenticated or not. Okay, so the, the form is hosted on Webflow, but when you submit the form, it's not like submitting a Webflow form and then Zapier does something or whatever. It's like MemberStack is intercepting that the form got submitted and doing something with that. So here's why I say, like, something you're not doing right now is how do you provision a user account in MemberStack without the user taking an action? Mm-hmm. Um, is that possible as far as you know? Yeah, you can, uh, I believe that you can uh, have one user, for example, submit a form uh, and then have that trigger into a a zap that hits Airtable and then also hits member stack and creates a new user. Okay. And then normally there would be a flow where that user gets an email. That email has a link with a special code in it. I would think member stack would have to send that email or something like there's there's an interesting authorization challenge where someone has an account that they've never heard about before. They get an email and the link in that email proves they are who they say they are. Like it's it's a little more sophisticated than filling out a form. Well, if your if your username is your email address, can't you just say like, hey, your your username is this. Click here to reset your password. Yeah, but how do you authenticate that someone didn't fake that? Like, if I know your email address, can't I then go in and say, oh, I'm... No, because you'd have to be able to get into the email to reset the password because there's a code-based password reset process. Yeah, yeah, but that that's the key there, I guess. Yeah, so, that, and so that's you, handled by member stack already. Okay, gotcha. That's clunky as hell. Like using the, norm, using the normal password reset as an onboarding flow is not ideal, but it yeah, it, it could work. Okay. So you feel like you could do this with member stack? Yeah. I believe you've run into issues before with like if data is stored in Airtable and, you know, like my understanding of how member stack is meant to be used primarily is it's like a membership site where the data is public within the community. So like you take a website and you say you can only see this if you're authenticated on member stack, but it's actually weak authentication. Like it's you can see it. Well, that, that's where the, you can do more sophisticated stuff. So you could have a, a single page as a dashboard, for example, and have and send every authenticated user to that same page and then mm-hmm. load the, the data in the page based on data that you grab through mem- uh, not the authenticated user's member stack profile. Okay. I don't but use, it needs to be... Okay, it needs, sorry. And that's all stored in JSON. Uh, in so like you'd a have JSON to do object. that probably. I'd have to do that. Yep. Okay, gotcha. And I need to learn that anyway. That's like that's another re- that's another argument for uh, the member stack stack because it would force me to do the same. Th- I need to do the same things for leg up help. What's interesting about that is we, like now we've kind of got two things going on here, but like now that's competing with Firebase and Xano. Mm-hmm. Member stack is acting as a so like one way or another you need a database. The easiest thing is Airtable, but the problem with Airtable is it's not connected to authentication. So so the way that Airtable would still be the database, but it would on some regular basis or anytime it changed, update the JSON object that is stored on the member stack profile. And then anytime you wanted to load the page, you would call that, you know, you basically access that JSON object and build the page based on the JSON object that is representative of the database. Yeah. If you went with Xano or Firebase, I might say that those should be your source of truth, not Airtable. Mm-hmm. Member stack is so limited, like it's just a JSON object. It's not a real database, but I get the impression. I mean, Xano, they're, I'm looking at their website, fastest no-code backend dev platform. Like, I don't think they intend themselves to be the non-source of truth database. Yeah, so they're a replacement of Airtable. Yeah, and so, Firebase would be too. Okay, so, but can, do, you, do you think that you could figure out a way to use Firebase with Webflow? Yeah. I think so. Here's the hard thing. Um, Firebase, by the way, would be of all these like the most technical. So I think that's what I would say is like like one thing I, I'm curious about. Do you want to get an MVP out that you rewrite later after you've got more traction and stuff like that? Or do you want something that's 
going to iterate and evolve into the final platform? Or do you care? I think probably the latter. Okay. So like with that, Firebase is going to be way more work. I, I can almost guarantee it, but it could be your final database. So for example, Indie Hackers is built on Firebase where it's like all of the data, like you go to your profile in Indie Hackers and it's pulling your like the data from Firebase and then displaying it. The ultimate evolution though is that you're not using a no-code tool on the front end. You're, you know, you make a React app or something like that, which is harder. You don't have to do that now, but... But I had that option later. You have that option later. Whereas the, if everything's in, like, yeah, Airtable and MemberStack, probably you would blow it up and start from scratch if you ever wanted to do that. Well, hypothetically, part of the reason I like MemberStack is I, I see them evolving into more sophisticated user authentication. And I see Airtable evolving more into... I, I feel like over time, those two things will scale. So, like... But but they're okay. So com- coming back to Firebase, do you, do you believe that I could use Firebase user authentication with Webflow? And if so, how would that work? Yes. So they have an authentication kind of quote unquote product. So I think like I believe the way it would work is either they host the the login and sign up pages, or maybe you host it, but like you're embedding their JavaScript like you do with MemberStack. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once someone's logged in, they like Firebase has the cookie for the person. So they're remembering this person's logged in. And from then on, you can make requests with front end JavaScript to Firebase to say, give me all of this user's policies. And it would just return all their policies. But on a Webflow hosted page? Well, this, that's not how you would in, like, it's not intended to be used on Webflow. But what you would do is you'd make a Webflow hosted page that's like, you know, here's uh, basically you'd have a lot of info that's like, boilerplate not filled in you'd make the request to firebase it would come back and then you'd say okay i'm going to insert the user's name where the username thing is so you'd be really abusing what webflow is meant for but i think it could work yeah so you'd probably just advocate for actually coding the front end versus using webflow for the app uh eventually certainly If, if you use firebase you're saying i'm moving towards a world where i'm coding my own app i don't think you necessarily have to do that as the first step so what's, what this is bringing, if I go that direction, there's no way I can do the marketing stuff too. And now I'm getting into this situation where which more, if I had to choose between building the application and building the marketing app, marketing site, which is more important right now. And I'm thinking that building the application is more important than the marketing website because that's a bigger problem that I have right now. If you refuse to serve more customers, like if you've got people who want this, but you're just like, it's too much work, then yeah, what's the point of marketing it? But I, you know, I do wonder like what, like, is it really that hard to serve more customers? It is. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This could be a huge rabbit hole. Like I, I just want to fair warning. Firebase is like, it's like Ada, Amazon web services. It's, it's Google's version of that. It's like hardcore technical product. But it's backend as a service, right? That's what you're looking for. You're not afraid of the idea of coding. You don't want to host your own servers, no. right? That's the main thing you're trying to avoid. Firebase is saying one of the main things that has to be run on a server is a database. That database will be run by Google and you connect to it from the front end. But otherwise, it's technical, like you're coding it, you know? This, so so one, I think uh, two things have come out of this. One, I don't. I think this is a decision that actually needs time and space to be made. Mm-hmm. It's probably the first decision thing I need to work on. Um, and it sets the tone for the whole like retreat. So if I look at like, what's the most important thing to do on this retreat, it is decide how to build the app and build the app. And then it's something else. Yeah. You know what? I mean, what seems reasonable to me is say, build the marketing, do what you originally said, build the marketing site, come up with your positioning and set the goal as the second half to answer all these questions. Mm. I, You're not going to get it all done. But the problem is I'm not going to be able to, like, this has me so, the way I can't work on something not knowing the end. This is where okay. my planning comes out. Like, I, I this really become, a, This becomes a planning retreat then, which is yeah. fine. But this is not an execution retreat anymore, it sounds like. 
Well, not if I set a gap on my planning. So if I say, listen, I'm only going to, I'm going to allow myself no later than Tuesday to make a decision on how I'm going to build the app. And then I'm going to let that app, that decision dictate my execution for the rest of the week, for the rest of the retreat. That's a different way to think about it. Yeah. And then it becomes a planning slash execution retreat. Um, right. Man, I, uh, Okay, this I think the clarity that's coming from this exercise is that I know what to do with marketing. That's not holding me back. What's holding me back with leg up benefits and moving forward is not knowing how I'm gonna build the application. And I that's no surprise. I've talked about it on the podcast before, but I have not dedicated sufficient time to fit answer that question. And that is the most important thing to do on the retreat. Therefore, that's what my retreat is for. And I sort of reverse the order of the things that I've talked to you about. And it yeah. becomes um, you know kind of a build, it's kind of a product first focus, um, which is more my style anyway than a uh, marketing first. So how are you going to decide what to do? Like, let's say your your only goal for the retreat is to walk away with, from, with saying, I know exactly the tech stack I'm going to use. I haven't done any of it, but I'm, I, I know the answer. That's not going to work. Gonna... I, can't, I can't just have the retreat do that. Okay. It's got to be, I've got to build the app. If if that's the case, you're not building it in Firebase. I you bet you're I, not building it in Xano either. You don't think I can get a get something working in a week of focus? I think you could get maybe proof of concept done. Like, but okay, not, tra- I, not customers transitioned over. Yeah, that's that's my guess. I, I could be wrong, but there's just extreme unknown unknowns here where. I, I bet you run into 20 different things that all kind of spiral into much bigger things than, than you thought. I think that's gotta be the goal though. I think it's build V one of the app. That's the goal for this retreat. Okay. I, and maybe I don't get there, but I should have made substantial progress on it. Mm-hmm. That sounds good. So the first step of course is decide what you want to build on. If you decide I'm going to do a Webflow member stack thing, then I'm like, Oh, hundred percent get, get it built by the end of the week. Yeah. Cause I'm familiar. And it's just easier. It's a thousand times easier. Fire, I've tried to use Firebase before and like, I'm not going to, I didn't give it enough time. I'm sure I could figure it out, but I was like, well, these doc, this is written for some good fucking software engineers, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's so funny. I, I actually really trust your gut on that because when you said the same thing about like node, uh, man, it is so much easier to get started programming in PHP than it is uh, with the nodes environment. Yeah. This is a sign, by the way, of me being a bad programmer, which I own. Is like the the you know quote unquote good programmers like would they're rolling if if anyone's listening right now they're rolling their eyes like none of this stuff is hard and it's like okay shut up <laughs> I I think it's hard <laughs> yeah um, okay that that was really valuable so I've done okay two things just happened one I realized that I think I got clarity on what my real roadblock is the reality is I haven't made much much progress on leg up benefits and and three months outside of my existing customers. Mm-hmm. Why, and, I, and I didn't realize why that was. It's because I haven't really figured out how I'm going to build the app. And that's been holding me back. And so if I come out of next week with a decision on how to build the app and progress on the app with more like some of these unknown... What is, it goes back to the, to the thing. It's like when I think about a business, it's, in the early days, it's all about like, what are your risks and your assumptions? And it's de-risking the assumptions. In this mm-hmm. case, I have an unknown assumption. Like, my my high level assumption is I can build the product, but I haven't proven that I can build this product. Yeah, I think you know you can build a stopgap. You know you can build something that's good for the next, well, for however long you're willing to manually fill in the gaps. Maybe manually update users for billing. Uh, you know, maybe like user accounts don't necessarily have a good. You're using this password reset mechanism to provision user accounts. Like you could, you know, you can do that. But you don't know, can you do the better version? And so therefore you can't decide, is it worth doing the better version? It's possible that I come, I totally agree with you. It's possible that I come out of this retreat with, I'm not doing like a benefits. I'm going to focus on like a health. Yeah, I, I, my, my gut is it's not worth doing the good version here. And I hate to say that because like, it would be so cool and like building a, serverless SaaS app with Firebase would be amazing. Like the the number one thing I hate about running a SaaS company is the infrastructure side. And you could be free of that. But 
Uh, it's just a lot of work for, again, the thing you're selling is your service. You're not selling software to people. So is it really worth making that, you know, we've talked about innovation tokens before. Is it worth spending an innovation token on the technology here? And I, I don't know that I think it is. And the reality is I don't have enough information yet to make that decision. And I have to spend, I've got to spend a day or two gathering the data from each of these options and going, okay, like let's make a trade-off decision here. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I have a lot of clarity. Uh, I think it's interesting that sometimes you, you know, I, I, I'd kind of built this workshop in a vacuum, but after talking to you, I end up in a totally different direction. Probably would have gotten there on Monday if I had worked on this by myself. But now that I have the clarity going in, I'm going to be much more effective. So well, it just, let's go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Well, let's remember this exact thing happened to me, right? I had a retreat planned. I was going to do a hold. I was going to do a planning retreat. I talked to you and the next day decided to do an execution thing. And what you said to me, I think this was not on the podcast. You slacked it to me, but you said like, the only thing that matters is getting something done. It doesn't matter what you do. That's at the end of the retreat. If you say, I just spent five days getting twice as much done as I would in a normal week. If it, who cares what thing it is? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the reality is I'm blocked on the, the big, re, the big news flash in my face that's flashing in my eyes right now is you've been blocked on leg up benefits and you didn't realize why you now know why, and you're going to spend yeah. a week trying to get unblocked and maybe you don't get unblocked but you're going to be less blocked. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So thank you. Uh, cool. I feel really good about this. Great. Glad to hear it. All right. Well, I will sign us off. Um, if you're listening to this, um, it's, it's either because we decided to put this episode out um, early uh, or I'm on paternity and um, hope to see you back in a, a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'll leave on that one. Hey everyone, thank you for listening. If you liked this episode, I have a favor to ask. Please write a review on the podcast app of your choice because reviews play a huge role in helping other people discover useful podcasts. And if you'd like to review past topics and show notes, visit startblast.com. See you next week. See ya.